Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Greg Slavor. He's a leadership development expert, four-time number one Amazon bestselling author, speaker and trainer, and global leadership award winner. Greg, welcome to our show again. Chris, it's great to be here and, and great to be with you. So Greg has been on our prior podcast two years ago. And so you know, he's a leadership development expert. And during any crisis, whether now or in the future, what do you think are some things that every single person, because frankly, all of us can be leaders, right? So what do you think are mm-hmm. some words of uh, not just encouragement, but, but, but advice that we can all do more as, as leaders in our communities, our companies, and, and our country? Yeah, I think, you know, what's, what I've been thinking about and working on, Chris, is, you know, this whole experience of reality in the sense that, you know, people who are home now or people who have to lead from home or lead a remote team when they were always in person, they begin to conjure up stories that become so strong in their heads, they become real. And what's fascinating is to see how people who struggled um, in the old environment are doing better now in the new environment and the reverse. But the thing that fascinates, fascinates me even further is that, and you and I talked about this a little bit before the call, is the importance of being able to pivot. And if people find that their context has changed or their view of themselves in the context has changed, i.e. they saw themselves as really strong, now they're having a tough time, or vice versa. The first key is to notice how fleeting those thoughts and feelings and stories are. And if people can notice that all of it's made up, the first perception that you're really good or really bad was probably made up, and this new one's probably made up. And if People take time just to sit and notice it. They'll see that even minute by minute, their feeling or perspective can change. And as soon as they begin to notice that, they'll begin to notice that the world isn't as solid as they think it is, or as solid as the news wants to make it out to be, or as anything wants to make it out to be. And it really gives them that ability to pivot. And it's not pivoting because they have to pivot because the world has changed. It's pivoting because they've changed the way they see the world. And it's more real when it's more illusory, so to speak. I.e., the more real people make the world, the less they really see the world. Yeah. Because the world is a lot of made up. <laughs> and I think this is a great time for people to begin to see that and understand that and get less rattled and be more calm and figure out where they want to go next. Yeah. I mean, it's both funny and sad when like literally people are running out to get toilet paper because it goes back to the most primal thing where mm-hmm. you're literally like so scared that you might, you know, blah in your pants. Right. And, and it's, it's mm-hmm. unfortunate, but at the same time, it's, 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 it's primal. Right. So the thing is before this happened, I already knew as if anyone said his history knows that something's going to happen, you know, can't just keep going on this, this boom mm-hmm. and like all things every 10 years or so, or every, t- you know, whether in California, there's always going to be earthquakes. So it just seems that as human beings, it's so easy to just be 
complacent. But with this, of course, it's very traumatic, but there have been other viruses before. There'll be floods and there'll be earthquakes and there'll be brush fires and not to diminish what's going on because clearly people are suffering. Clearly people are hurting. People have died, frankly, right? But in mm -hmm. the enormity of life, it's not the Spanish flu which killed 50 million people, which is like one third of the population. So, but, but I'm just saying like for this podcast, it really is about how can we all rise up together? How can we all stay together and not just be positive, be aware that this has happened before. And unfortunately, a lot of people, they want to just maintain this mentality that, oh my gosh, the world is coming to an end. I'm like, look, we're going to get through this mostly. And it's up to people like Greg to, to really lead the way relative to being a, a leader. Now, mm -hmm. one thing I saw on your profile in LinkedIn is that you, you used to work with M. Scott Peck. Correct. So, Correct. I worked with him for 10 years. Yeah. So a lot of people may not know because he's more of a, a I, I think he's since passed away, right? Correct. So he had a very profound book that I read many, many years ago called The Road Less Traveled. So just first explain to our listeners if first they've never heard of this guy and then what mm -hmm. you feel you've learned from this man who you can teach, you can teach uh, about with us. Yeah. So, I mean, Dr. Peck or Scotty, you know, as a lot of people called him, was a genius in terms of his writing and in terms of seeing that spiritual development is also personal development and vice versa. And to do it well requires both. As a matter of fact, I would say that spiritual enlightenment is in some ways easier than being emotionally mature. And I've even seen through the years now as I've worked with a lot of these different gurus or you know super thought leaders or whatever we might want to call them, that oftentimes they can be very enlightened and geniuses, but emotionally immature in particular areas or in large swaths of their life. And what his genius was is that you really need to put those two together. And a matter of fact, one of my mentors right now who's um, helping me with my own personal development, he said, you really need to practice both your emotional maturity and your meditation and insight and your calming all at once. And if you're not improving in all three, you're not getting ahead as quickly as you can. And it made a lot of sense to me because this whole piece on emotional maturity is so difficult when we're put together with people we don't want to be with, or we're put in situations that cause to be something other than who we are or have been, or we're put into, say, isolation, right? The people who are going to come out of this are the emotionally mature, not the intellectually enlightened. But the people who are most emotionally mature and can handle all different types of situations, embrace what's taking place and be curious, are going to come out stronger and better and wiser because of it. And so Scotty's, you know, work, and he, he wrote a follow-up book to The Road Less Traveled called The Different Drum. And it was all on community building and group dynamics. And it was in his foundation, the Foundation for Community Encouragement, where I work with him doing, you know, workshops around the world. There were several of us who are um, facilitators. And it was in that kind of model, that two, two and a half day model, where he really put people in to practice their emotional maturity, their community building skills, so to speak. Um, and so this combination of spiritual and emotional and doing it by living it, and living it with others, I think was part of this real genius. Fascinating. And yeah. When you say emotional maturity, like describe what that means and how we can be, or why would, would we need to be more emotionally mature? Yeah, so, I mean, I'll give you a simple example. Um, my son, who's now working, 
great kid, love him to death. You know, five, six years ago, he would have said something to me, it could have triggered me, right? You know, because I want my son to be a particular way. And now, I mean, just recently we had a conversation and he's taking a little different approach to something I, I don't agree with. And I noticed that old emotions show up. What I can do now is I can notice the emotion come up and disappear without it being me. And that little step has made all the difference. Because in the past, it would have shown up. I wouldn't even have noticed it showed up. I would have just blurted something out and told them, no, that's not the right way to do it. Do it this way. But being able to break down my experience more and be more of an observer and notice it versus being it, and then being able to notice it in such a way like, oh, well, you know what? That wouldn't be helpful right now. And to let it go, like those two steps that I've been able to add to my emotional experience have allowed me to become more mature. Now, I wouldn't say I'm like emotionally mature at this point, but I can see progress along that continuum as I notice those types of incidents. And that work, I think, is really more difficult than being enlightened in some respects, you know, or having total calmness or what, you know, whatever you have in terms of meditation, which yeah. I do too. But the emotional work has been a lot more difficult than the meditation work. Does that make sense? No, it makes sense because, uh, yeah. because again, with meditation, you're by yourself, you're alone, you have to be calm. Mm -hmm. But with what you're saying, you're being attacked in a sense by your emotion in a sense, right? So it's very reactive mm -hmm. or it can be reactive. So I absolutely understand because it's like if you're driving a car and all of a sudden someone like cuts you off, the first instinct you have is like the honk the horn, the curse at them. Whereas if you're just meditating, you can just be meditating, right? So that's like, oh, I'm mm -hmm. going to get my Zen on. But in this case, it, it's more you're confronted and you're challenged and you're stressed. So therefore you really test whether you are calm or mature in that respect, because again, it doesn't help for you or I or anyone frankly to try to control people, but it is helpful to get step back and say, okay, how can I observe this and, and let it go? Because ultimately there's so, much, there's so much more power in not doing some things or not reacting than there is power in doing things. So that's a great point to, to share, Greg. How can our yeah. guests learn about you and stay in touch with you and all the books that you've written? Yeah, so there's a couple different ways. One, um, connecting with me on LinkedIn at just Greg Slavor, Z-L-E-V-O-R, um, on LinkedIn. Um, I think I'm the only Greg Slavor in the whole world, so that shouldn't be too difficult. Um, and then the third is just email, which is my first initial G and then last name at westwoodintl.com, which is short for Westwood International. They can reach, reach me in, uh, both, in both ways. Awesome. Greg, thanks so much for your time, and I appreciate your, your insights and your depth of awareness. My pleasure, Chris. It's always a, a treat to be on. I hope I get uh, asked again in the future. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.